0: Welcome to the Hard Skills Show with me, Dr. Mira Branku. Today's guest is Matthew Asvel, and we're going to be talking about who actually drives your leadership identity. Do we shape our leadership and influencing others, or are we influenced by others, which shapes our leadership and brand identity? Great to have you on the show, Matthew. And uh, you're on um, mute. (laughs) There's always always one.
1: (laughs) Well, today, today, it should be, it should be okay. Today, I would expect it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Today is the day. By the way, y'all, we are all, every single one of us on this show, including back um, uh, channel folks, are not feeling well today. We're all sick and we're just trying to get through. So uh, bear with us. (laughs) We were all like, what is going around? Anyway, so Um, As a reminder, on this show, we discuss how to develop the nuanced hard skills needed to drive significant systemic change to make a real impact through your leadership. Be ready. Take notes. I always do. Reflect deeply and identify at least one small step to further develop your hard skills muscle. Now, a little bit about our guest today. Matthew Asbell is kind of a renaissance lawyer in my opinion he is a highly experienced intellectual property attorney with clientele and life experiences across a wide range of industries including food and beverage fintech and other software entertainment and fashion life sciences and others he also has a love for global culture language and food and his personal and professional interests arise from a deep appreciation for creativity whether it's in the form of invention, design, expression, or marketing. He assists clients in clearing, obtaining, enforcing, and defending trademark rights in the United States and throughout the world, and advises on utility and design patents, copyrights, domain names, and related areas. But he has so many other interests around um, culture and teams, how decisions are made in other areas. matthew also happens to be another host on talkradio.nyc he hosts intangify so we're doing a little cross um connection here and um in many ways intangify his show is complementary to our focus he talks about the intangible aspects of business and legal issues tied to um lots of intangible um aspects of companies like um what, what creates value, right? Intellectual property, culture, teams, decisions, those kinds of areas. So, um, I'm really interested in hearing from him about like this connection, this crossover between what we talk about here and what, um, he talks about on his show. So welcome Matthew.
1: Thanks again. Yeah. I'm very confident, uh, that despite our both being sick, um, and Logan being sick, that, uh, <laughs> that that uh, if our conversation goes anywhere um as well as as uh you know the one we had in in, in preparation we're, we're golden
0: yeah yeah so let's let's start easy i'm going to i'm going to um throw you a softball first you're interested in global language and culture and food um what is your favorite food and drink top Ooh. or maybe top ones top ones
1: Ooh. It used to be sushi, but it's not anymore. Um, but, but it still is, you know, usually like a, a, a white flaky fish, you know, mm. like, um, you know, bronzino or barramundi, maybe. Um, my favorite fish is called wahoo comes from Florida down, down there. That's, that's an amazing fish. So there you go. Drink. I don't know. I'll have to think about it.
0: Nice. Now, I have I have not had um, that kind of fish, although I do like my white flaky fish. I um I think in the in the last two years or so, I've leaned more and more into a pescatarian diet um, and a Mediterranean diet. Um, now, I've I as a Romanian, I sort of grew up on a diet that is kind of a crossover between Mediterranean and Middle Eastern, um, but fish was not as much of a thing. You know, it's more like beef and potatoes, um, but I've leaned away from that and really enjoy fish at this point. So I'm totally with you there. All right. So now some some uh, we're going to dig into some hard stuff now. Um, so we hear about let's start with this. We hear about branding and intellectual property protection as methods to developing and protecting our work and reputation. Um let's start there when when you hear about like we have different definitions right of of branding and people think of different things when they think about intellectual property how how do you define branding and how do you define intellectual property protection
1: branding is really about your reputation or about the judgments that people make about you um, based off of what your name, your image, your, your picture, whatever it is, right. It's, it's, it's really, at least in my view, it's really a quick shortcut to remembering, um, aspects of the person or the business that you're dealing with. Um, so, um, you know, so I guess that's my definition of branding. Um, yeah. Intellectual property is a broad term, and and not a lot of people agree on on what you what people mean by it. Um, it centers around legal rights that are given to people who create things, um, and they're usually given to people who create things as an incentive. We want to incentive pe- incentivize people to create more music or more podcasts. Mm-hmm. We want to um, we want to incentivize people to come up with new uh, pharmaceuticals um, and or new machines that will, you know, driverless cars, etc. cetera. Uh, so we want to improve technology. We want to improve culture. But it also has a sort of consumer protection role. Um, we want to protect consumers uh, and protect brand brand owners. Um in relation to their reputation. We want that brand to be something they can control and that consumers can rely on.
0: Really um, interesting and uh, great conceptualization of both. So, you know, this is a show about leadership identity and um, developing a strategy for mapping out your leadership um, development and identity. And so people might think, why are we talking about branding and intellectual property about, you know, what, so how do you see branding and intellectual property rights as linked to shaping our leadership and influencing others?
1: Well, wow, that's a pretty big question, and we yeah. might have to drill down on that one a bit, Um, you know, because on the one hand, branding is not necessarily about uh, Branding is not necessarily about a business and the product that you buy in a store, right? Branding is also associated with uh, a person and how they present themselves. Um, I'm a lawyer. I work in a law firm. My law firm has a brand, and you could you could elect to go and use and hire lawyers in my law firm because of their brand. Um, but um, but I also have a personal brand. And uh, and people would elect to hire me as their attorney, regardless of what firm I'm at, because of my personal brand. Um, similarly, um, you know, the hard skills is a brand and, and 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 your your name is a brand. Right. And so there are reputations tied to all these things. And uh, and so that can tie into sort of the brand of leadership. Right. How does a person how does a person. Um, Run a business, run an organization, uh, whatever it is that they're in charge of, um, and what are they known or reputed to be in terms of what they're like and what do they think of? Um, I could go on, but maybe I should pause because I feel like I'm going to dominate the, the, the call. So yeah. I'll let you. How about you? So
0: let's um, let's think about this. Let, let's keep taking it a step further. So you've got a leader in an organization, right? Um, and they are trying to make an impact through their organization. They're trying to achieve some results through their organization. Right. And they're trying to gain customers. Right. Or they're, if they're a nonprofit, it's more about like engendering trust. Um, right. And, uh, making sure that people believe that, um, they're true, uh, to their mission. So, what are the the challenges for the leader and for the organization um, when it comes to like how they represent their brand identity, the reputation? Um, you know, are there things that they um, pitfalls um, when when they're trying to sort of like just early on establish? Like, what are what are your thoughts about
1: that? I guess um, I'm not sure if this will directly answer the question, but I'll try. Um, I guess th- there are elements about the leader and what they're putting out there and what they how they want to be seen, how they how they see themselves. Um, and um, and then there is how they are actually perceived, um, you know, by by others and what aspects of their leadership and their leadership style are are, are, are recognized. Um, you know, and whether those are aligned. Um, So it feels like, you know, like I like to think that, for for instance, as as a leader, I like to think that um, it's very clear to the people who I work with that I'm looking out for them. And I want them to know that I'm looking out for them. Um, That I've considered their situation specifically in making the decisions I made and um, and and even though I was doing something for myself or for my client that really didn't didn't necessarily involve them, I would include them in the in the in the calculus in in uh, in what I might decide. I mean, I have some specific instances I could I could talk about as if you know if desired, but um, but I think it's what you're putting out there, how you're how you're being received, and then maybe one last thing. How how does that change over time? Were you did you were you did you used to be viewed a particular way and now you're viewed differently? Um or um or, or has it been consistent? Um and, and what what has caused the change?
0: Yeah. Let's um let's stop there. Um we're reaching an ad break, and I'd love after we come back from the ad break to like explore this a little bit further. How The idea of branding or reputation changing over time um, can be a risk or it can be an opportunity. And like, how how do you sort of influence that? Right. Um, Or how might you be influenced to change over time? You know, which which impacts which? So let's, let's do that when we come back from the break. You're listening to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Branco and our guest, Matthew Asbell. We air on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to join us online, um, on the online audience and ask questions that we can answer in real time, find us on LinkedIn or on YouTube at talkradio.nyc. And we'll be right back with our guest in just a moment.
2: Are you a conscious co-creator?
0: Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Broncu, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mir Branku, and our guest, Matthew Aswell. Okay, so we're just getting into this kind of interesting um, intersection of intellectual property, reputation, and leadership identity. And um, where we left off is um, how sometimes branding can and your reputation um or how people view you or how you see yourself changes over time right um that makes sense from like just a logical personal perspective we all change over time but when you think about like your brand there can be risks associated with your brand changing there could be opportunities and I find this really fascinating. I think about a couple of things. And you and I talked about this when we were prepping. Um, I came up with like the new Coke. And we're dating ourselves here a little bit. There was like in the 1980s, Coke, Coca-Cola decided to put out new Coke. And everybody hated it. And like they thought they were like leaning into something good. And um, didn't realize that it would be so um, off-putting to people. And, um yet there's other um companies that transition pretty well um we, we talked about like Dunkin Donuts going to Dunkin, you know um Barbie has transformed right over time and that was like palatable acceptable so um how um wh- when you think about like brands changing over time our reputation you know how we put ourselves out there like, Why is it that sometimes it's acceptable and sometimes it's not acceptable? And do we have control over that?
1: Yeah, I think you have to start with with what drove the change, right? Sometimes the change is made because the outside, the consumer, the population want it. Um, I think another example we talked about was the Washington Redskins. You know, the Washington Redskins no longer called that were were, um, you know, that, that was I think what 30 40 years of of objections by the public yeah um and, and lawsuits and multiple lawsuits um you know you know until they made that change um the uh you, you use the example of dunkin donuts um to me they'll always be dunkin donuts and yet I don't go buy the donuts because it's bad for my diet um but uh but I'll go there and have a coffee Um, and so I, I feel, and I don't know that I'm representative of, of all of their consumers or majority of them or whatever, but I would say that probably people recognize Dunkin' Donuts as being, yes, they have these donuts and muffins and bagels and whatever and coffee. And it's more of a place where you go for, for, for coffee with something. Um, so the change really I think kind of followed suit with with the outside perception when you go to the new coke exam here you know I don't know what went into it but my 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 assumption is that the leadership at Coca-Cola at the time you know said we're going to revolutionize things we're going to really shake it up we're going to distance ourselves from Pepsi and RC and we're gonna be, and, and no one's gonna be able to keep up with our innovative change. And so we're, here we go. And they didn't have, a, have their finger on the pulse of their audience. Their audience who loved their product the way it was. So much so that they had to dial the whole thing back.
0: Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing from this is if you are tracking the trends and listening and paying attention, to what people want, or what people are struggling with, um, your people, right? The the people that um, are either your ideal clients, or the people who are your constituents. Um, you know, in the case of like either nonprofits or um, politics or things like that, um, and you're leaning into that, um, then the the rebranding or the, the you know small adjustments to how you present your um, work or your products um, will help your your um, clients, your consumers, your customers feel heard, feel like hey, they heard me, they they listen to what we asked for, um, and they'll be even more loyal um, or supportive, right? And then if you instead go all gung-ho and say we want to own this market and you're sort of creating it like in isolation of what um you know you might be or what or it just feels like um completely disconnected from your um constituents then it's going to go awry is that right usually
1: yeah i i think that's right I, i mean we 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 need to try to understand who we're serving and we need, and we need to adjust and and mold ourselves to to the extent possible, um, you know, our offerings and the way we serve them to meet those needs. And and we, we, you know, like we're, we're in an increasingly automated world and, and, and what makes human leaders, human leaders is that exact opposite aspect that, we are not formulaically deciding how to do things or dictating things. We are taking feedback and using that to to tailor to meet the needs of the people who who, who are trying to serve. I, I think that that's like the ultimate best way you can be. That's part of hopefully my personal branding. I I, I want it to be. Um, hopefully, if I say it, it, it'll be true. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's um it's making me think about um i mean my my own process so um my company used to be and it still is on paper called bronco and associates um you know legally and i started that way um partly because i didn't know what else to call it but <laughs> also because it was really important to me to keep my name you know my name is unique it's it's kind of a legacy thing um but over time i just felt like it it felt um more and more stuffy to me which is not representative of kind of the the feel of how i work and how other people necessarily see me or how i I want other people to see me um and um even though like i really wanted to keep the end associates because i wanted to send the message that i actually you know work with other people that's how i work in collaboration um it again like it it felt like um too stuffy a name for how i work and so um it took me 5 years to get to the point of like being ready to lean into a brand new name towerscope um and i mean a, a year long process of even exploring what this name would be and why um And ultimately it was well received, but partly because I gave a lot of explanation of why I made the change and it resonated with people. Um, And it was um, partly about me, yes, but partly about connecting better to the people that I served, right? So, um, you know, it could have gone awry though, like people could have hated it because I wanted to change it. You know, it's like I didn't have to change it, but I wanted to. But it resonated, and I think it is because I I sort of like used it as a as another opportunity to connect with people.
1: Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I mean, I didn't know you when you when when you weren't Towerscope, but um, but the way you describe it make makes a lot of sense. So what I was envisioning, what I was imagining as you were speaking, I was thinking about an example. Like the new Coke example, that was more successful, mm-hmm. um, and and the one that it came up with off the top of my head is the Apple logo. Um, so you remember when the Apple logo was like a rainbow? You know, it was it was a it was a rainbow colored apple? It's the same oh, apple shape. Yeah, a yeah, color, yeah. Right? That's
0: right. Uh-huh. Um,
1: and I don't know, was it the '90s maybe that they they became the white apple um it went from being a 60s or 60s 70s generation you know um the computer made in your garage thing to you know clean crisp modern and and i don't feel that anybody had a problem with that change right Uh, now maybe it's because the product didn't change new coke right the Products changed, and Apple products have changed over the years. But but I don't think that it was a drastic change. Uh, there, it was the the image, and it was about changing the image um, to reflect what the what the company was about, um, what their what their products were like, um, and, and that logo's stuck just as well as the rainbow did. For or the, must have been must be around much longer than the rainbow at this point. Um, yeah. So it makes sense, right? To to make a change like that. Kind of because you're trying to convey something about your brand. You're trying to convey, you know, not being stuffy and being accessible and, and other things that you that you went into that decision, even though you made that decision kind of without saying, hey, should I do this? Um you your explanation makes a lot of sense and it aligns better with the way in which you are perceived.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and this makes me think now, and we, we, we had touched on this a little bit when we were prepping. Um, what happens if something goes awry? Like you you, there's a mistake your company makes, it gets in the news, you get bad press, um, a bad um, review. Um, there's a real chance of it marring your reputation and your brand, even if it's a strong brand, right? Um, what are your thoughts on like, um, you know, um, how how companies navigate that, how they think about their reputation, um, you know, in terms of consistency? Actually, um, we're nearing an ad break, so I'm gonna just drop that as as a seed for us to think about. Right. Um, And um, we will be right back again. If you'd like to join our online audience and ask questions um, that we can answer in real time, find us on LinkedIn or YouTube at talkradio.nyc. And we'll be right back with our guests in just a moment.
1: Hey,
3: everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on TalkRadio.nyc.
1: What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from the startups to establish businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today.
4: Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you.
0: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest, Matthew Asbell. We um, were just starting to talk about um, what happens when a brand owner addresses um, or experiences a mistake, an error, uh, something that mars their reputation, or they're worried about it marring their reputation because, you know, the mistake or error gets in the media, or somebody that's a bad review, right um that's and when it comes to small businesses, especially it's like our greatest nightmare so um how does a brand owner address those things how what do they think about um is it about expectation setting um what what are your thoughts on that and you're on mute again
1: <laughs> out of practice. <laughs> So I had an answer and, uh, and, uh, and then I rethought it before I had a chance to say it. So I'm glad because I've got more to say. Yeah. Uh, I think my answer first is, uh, is the lawyerly answer of it depends. And nobody likes to hear that answer. Yeah. But, but, um, but it does depend on the brand because what are, you know, who is the brand and what, what does the brand stand for? What are the expectations of that brand? Um, I don't want to get into a political discussion, but if you think of like our former president and and what his brand is and how he would handle such a thing, I think you can understand that 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 is different from maybe how someone else might might um, you know address a, a problem or an error. My initial inclination was to say though, um, you know, you need to own your your mistake or error if it is yours, um, and you know and. Again, it does depend on your brand, but, you, you know, taking ownership of it, apologizing and addressing it in a in a mature way is often a good way to deal with it, um, unless it's something so devastating that, you, you know, that, you know, the, the damage is done and it doesn't matter. No one's going to appreciate an apology um, and you have to get away from it. Sometimes the answer is to rebrand, um, you know, put on a new outfit. You know get a new haircut and be a new person so that people don't look at you the way they looked at that other person um but that's drastic right i mean m- more often than not um you know an error or a mistake doesn't have to be so life-altering so you know that that it would require that but there is that option
0: yeah oh um this reminded me of um, a local business. I remembered um, that were getting so eviscerated um, in um, by just you know a, a small number of people that they did rebrand, and I thought that was really interesting. And it did help. And um, yeah, I've seen I've seen that a few times before. Um, but I also really like what you said about thinking about responding that is consistent with your brand. Like that makes a lot of sense that if you want to continue sending a clear message about what you're about, and let's say you're about integrity, right. And, um, honesty and, um, you know, um, openness or something like that, right. Let's say that's, that's part of your brand. Then that is the way that you're you're supposed to be responding if you were consistent with your brand. I never thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and it's probably much more easily done than said, because if it's about you as a person, right, you're really talking about who you are. Um, and, and and you know, yes, there's the brand that you you may you may kind of decide that this is who you are and how you want to portray yourself, but. Essentially, if you're true to yourself, that, you know, then you, then that is how you will respond, right? Because your brand accurately reflects who you are. Um, so yeah, if you're someone who, uh, is, is, uh, is thoughtful about, you know, the, the people and who, who might have been hurt or or damaged by the mistake, you know, you, you have to own up to it, right? Um, but if you're, you know, if you're known to be, um, the you know the kind who trudges forward and and and, and is too busy, too fast moving to 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 worry about little things like that then then maybe you you don't say anything and you keep moving forward you
0: know yeah yeah um you know it just um it, it makes me think that the most important thing then to um a leader's personal brand and an organization's brand is less about the logo, the images, the colors, um, and much more about consistency and sending the same, like, messages. Right? Like you, you said a brand is really about like a shortcut to how people remember you. Um, but if you're inconsistent, that brand is not going to be all that useful. Right. Well,
1: or or you'll you'll your brand your your brand will be remembered as being inconsistent. Right. I mean, think about. I'm sure that there are products you've purchased um where you know where one time it was good and another time it was bad and and you know you've gotten to believe that yeah I can't really count on this product so I'm not going to bother buying it or I'll take a chance on it maybe again but I don't trust it. And then there are other ones where you're like every time I get this it's always good. I you know and and that's the idea right? I mean if every time you get it, it's always good, then that's the reputation for the quality of the product. Then you want to keep buying that product. And that's the benefit of that, you know, of that brand. People, you know, people appreciate your your services. They, they'll come back to you um, yeah. because, you know, you served them well before and they, they know that you'll take care of them.
0: Yeah. This also actually makes me think of kind of the, the next the next folks in line in an organization, right? So like, um, I can immediately think about um, some food chains that in general I like, but there are some areas where I won't order from that area because they're so inconsistent with the output, right, the results and and it's done. It's, For some reason, it doesn't necessarily always always mar the the big chain name, but for small business owners, it's much more likely to to mess with your brand if you have hired a group of people to all do what you do in some way, right? They all have to represent you and you have to sort of set a tone um, to help them understand like, what is our brand? Right? What is what meaning? What are our values? How do we engage people? How do we engage customers? Um, what is the quality of our work? What does it look like? What is the consistency in how we communicate? All of this is part of a brand. And if you've got just one or two people who are not, um, you know, able to to do that as consistently to send the same messaging, it can really mess up the brand.
1: Yeah, I I mean I agree. And you know, th- there are ways in which I've seen it work. Um, some of these, like you mentioned food chains, um, you know, large multinational food chains, like fast food chains, um, have mm-hmm. modified their brand in the different places where they are operating, so that the, the version of their food in Egypt will be very, very different than the version of their food. In India versus the version of the food anywhere else. Um, and um, and uh, so maybe some things would be consistent, like the French fries, you know, maybe are always the same or something like that. But um, but then the, the you know, so there, there's going to be a local product, something that caters to the local audience. And, uh, and that's accepted uh, all under the same umbrella brand. So you can, when you're that big, I think there's almost an expect, almost an expectation that there'll be inconsistency. And yet you can still have that because you can have sub brands and because you can, you know, um, what's the word? Like, you know, set up smaller consistent consistent. I can't, my COVID's not working. (laughs) Uh, contingencies. Yeah. contingencies. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and then, um, for a smaller business, um, yeah, I think you're right. An inconsistency is more impactful because there's a greater expectation of that of that consistency, uh, yes. and there should be. Um, and, and I think that's why franchises, um, you know, can do well. Uh, they 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 set themselves up with those types of standards, and they tell the people who are going to be franchisees right how to do their business and keep them in line doing that doing that in order to ensure that consistency but um but it's very hard to replicate yourself um so you know you have to um you know for, for like for me in my in my work it, it comes down to um finding colleagues that uh, that I work well with and repeatedly working with those colleagues mm-hmm. um but Um, But I still have to be involved, you know, to make sure that the clients who have the expectation from me are getting the service that they expect from me, even if my colleague is doing some or all of the work.
0: Absolutely. So um, how what what is the strategy behind how leaders can find a way to both set consistent expectations about how they want to be seen? right their identity their communication the whole brand um while also understanding how to manage other people's different experience and expectations of the branding and identity whether they're like working with different people from your company um you know how how do they balance that
1: feels like the ultimate challenge for me yeah um like, like I, I think that everybody's dealing with that. Um may, maybe I'm wrong, but um but there's an element of push and pull. You've gotta you've gotta put out there your expectations. This is this is this is what you've gotta identify, you know, what are the characteristics. Um put out there those characteristics, make it known to the people who you have that expectation, you know, that they will meet those. Qualities um, higher that way, um, and and then you have to at the same time have your eyes and ears open and listen um, to to hear you know what people are saying to you and how they're responding to you and how what they're delivering to you and and then decide um is there a message there you know and sometimes you have to invite. Them, you know, I, I mean, I found out that there are people who are afraid to tell me stuff. Like people are people who I work with are afraid to tell me, you know, certain things. Um, you know, because of my role, because of where where my level is. Um, and so I would, I have to make make it a point to say, look, I want your feedback. I want you to challenge me. If you don't challenge me, I'm gonna believe. That I'm right and that you agree with me. I need you to challenge me so that I don't do that, um, and so that I actually learn and listen to you and, and learn from you, and then you can help me do a better job with you know with the work I'm doing. So you have to be both putting it out there and listening and absorbing. I don't know how well I do that. I'm 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 a work in progress, but I'm mindful of trying to do both.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there, th- that is the key is the there's got to be some kind of communication flow, not just like within the organization among the leader, leadership team, uh, whoever's in the organization, but also between um, you and your stakeholders. And that could be your customers or the constituents or whatever. Um, how, how do you get that feedback loop so that you know where people are resonating and where they're struggling? right? Um, And that helps you find that right balance between the consistent expectation setting and messaging, but also flexing and adapting to the needs of your um, constituents, right? Um, So when um, we're reaching another um, one more ad break, and when we come back, um, I'd love to hear from you about now um looping it back to your profession the legal implications where what should we be thinking about when we think about intellectual property and this reputation setting and that kind of thing are there pitfalls are there uh, you know um ways to be flexible um that's kind of what's on my mind right now so we're gonna go right into this ad break and we'll be right back with our guests in just a moment are you a high achieving growth oriented leader are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Broncu, host of The Hard Skills on TalkRadio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on TalkRadio.nyc.
1: Hey, everybody.
3: It's Tommy D., the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host the program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on TalkRadio.nyc.
0: Welcome back to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Brannco, and with our guest, Matthew Asbell, who is also the host of intangify on talkradio.nyc. So um, we've talked a lot about branding being reputation and a shortcut to how people remember you. We've talked about intellectual property rights um, and how that, you know um, protects um, your creation of things. Um, And then we really talked a lot about how do you shape your leadership? What shapes your, um, you know, how people see you, um, how you communicate your message, how you, how you sort of stay flexible when, um, you know, and, and sort of creating that feedback loop um, to, to be able to sort of lean into knowing when to adjust. Um, And now I would, I'd like to sort of close the loop back to your profession Right, As an attorney, as someone who is um, especially um, an expert in intellectual property and um, protecting your, your um, property rights and things like that, um, when should people be thinking about the legal side with all of this? Um, when should they be thinking about intellectual property and rights, um, protection of those? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Third time's a charm, Matthew. It's <laughs> not COVID. COVID, blame it all on COVID. Blame it
0: on COVID.
1: Um, all right. So the instantaneous answer to your question, which is not the right answer, r- right, um, <clears throat> is always. Um, of course, that's not the right answer, right? Because nobody really. I mean, except for me, I'm thinking about it always, mm-hmm. but um, but nobody else is. In fact, it's. Uh, I'm usually the last. You know know that there, there, there are very few people who think about it with any type of frequency and it's kind of a curse it follows me places I can't go and enjoy an amusement park without thinking about <laughs> intellectual property aspects of things but we'll, we'll leave that for another day um when should they be thinking about it? so I think primarily it comes down to maybe two things more things may occur but this is what occurs for now. Um, one is when something that you are doing or you are thinking about doing, um, could possibly violate someone else's rights. So when you came up with the name Towerscope, I don't know if you checked to see if there was another Towerscope providing similar types of services, yes. right? But that's a good idea. Right. So that so that you don't um, later find out that you, you you can't do it and you're at the end of a lawsuit or you're forced to stop and rebrand or anything of that nature. Right. So so when to think one one time to think about things is, all right, are you using anybody else's property? Anytime you are using anybody else's property, whether it's an image or words or or um or a a logo or or anything of that nature and you know a product um you potentially could be infringing someone's rights and so that is a time to think about intellectual property the other time that i thought of the is the converse which is what would be important to you to stop if you found out that someone else started doing in other words if you found out that someone else was operating, you know, um, a podcast called the hard skills um, or, uh, or, you know, a psychological consultancy, I can't say that either, um, you know, called tower scope or called Tower scope or tower scopes or some variation, right? Um, And where they were doing it, right? Um, So what if they're doing it in the UK or Europe or China? Um, so where would it matter and where would it not? And if you think if you think about the instances where it would trouble you, then then an IP attorney could assist you with how could I make sure that that won't happen? Or in a more costly way, how could I address it when it does happen? Um, so the idea is you you engage with uh with someone like me um early on not necessarily to have to spend a lot of money or to do a lot of things but to align on what it is you are doing and planning to do and then as you grow you have you know a team member to go to on those issues hey this came up you know this is what i'm trying to do next this is how i'm expanding so you know do i need to do anything here and my most successful client relationships are those, the ones where we have regular, not necessarily daily or weekly, but maybe quarterly communications where we regroup, they tell me things that are going on, and we align on what the next steps are, if any.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super helpful guidance. Um, and yes, Tower Scope, everyone out there, don't step on it because it is trademarked that they'll federal level can't step on it (laughs) Um, and you know IP attorneys yeah and (laughs) and it's really like because it was it's such an important um thing to me right there's there's so much that goes under it that's important so um and i you know that is the same sort of um way that i um engaged in like if i want to have other arms or other products under it right um what can I do um, to protect that kind of information as well, right? So um, that this has been really helpful, really great information. Um, Very um, interesting in how you think about, you know, when you think about intellectual property, or you think about trademark, you're like, ah, you know, that sounds boring. Um, But, but you sort of think about it from a very broad, big, perspective about reputation and and communication and consistency which i think is how we should be going about thinking about um these things you know um, because you know why did we start our companies why did we you know why do we have our organizations in the first place so um if you would like to learn more about um matthew asbel you can look him up on linkedin right um and um if you'd like to explore more about how um, my company and I can help you with leadership and team development services, you could check us out at gotowerscope.com. And also make sure to look up Matthew's show on talkradio.nyc in Tangify. Uh, You'll You'll um, definitely learn a lot. So audience, what did you take away? And more importantly, what is the one small change that you can implement this week based on what you learned from Matthew? Share it with us on LinkedIn at Mira Brancu, or at talkradio.nyc or Matthew Asbell and um, share it with us there so that we can cheer you on. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all over the place, but LinkedIn is where I live online and where I will respond. Um, in addition to being a live show, we are also on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget. So please go subscribe the podcast, leave a review, share with others, help us increase our reach and visibility and impact. Thank you to talkradio.nyc for hosting. I'm Dr. Mira Branku, your host of the Hard Skills Show. Thank you for joining us today, Matthew. Great for to me? have you. And have a great rest of your day wherever you're tuning in from. Uplift, educate, empower.
4: Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you.
1: What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today.
0: Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc.